Good morning, everybody. This is the Marcus Today members podcast on Tuesday, 20th of February. General advice only, not to be confused with advice suited to your personal financial circumstances. It almost certainly isn't, or it could be, but don't hold it against us. Wall Street closed last night, of course, so our futures doing nothing this morning were up one point, and the market's down 12 points today. Most of that has come on the back of a 3.5% fall in the ANZ share price as the ACCC allows them to buy the Suncor banking business, adding $67 billion worth of home loans to ANZ. And the Suncorp share price up 5.9%, ANZ down 3.5%. Good for Suncorp shareholders, that's us in the income portfolio. Not so good for ANZ shareholders, that's us in the income portfolio. What the Lord gives with one hand, he takes away with the other. It's that time of the year, results. Busiest week of results this week. 27% of companies have reported results. And by this time, in two weeks' time, the rest will have reported as well. BHP, the main ones today, they pre-announced all their write-downs against Samarco and the nickel business. So the share price reaction today, down 0.4%, is rather muted. All the bad news was out of the way already. After $5.7 billion worth of charges and impairments, their profit was only $927 million, which is the lowest for eight years. That's just at the headline, though. Add in back the provisions, and they're okay, which bodes reasonably well for Fortescue and Rio results coming up this week. And for Vale results, iron ore's done okay. The interim dividend was cut, as expected, from 90 cents to 72 cents. Consensus was 69 cents, so dividend's okay. Underlying profit basically unchanged from last year. Nothing to worry about there. The future of the BHP share price relies on the iron ore price, which depends on Chinese economic optimism, which I have to tell you is rather benign at the moment. Share price is off from $50.84 to $45.92 since the beginning of the year. Still trending down. Still no reason to hold it in the one-stock portfolio, so we're not. Otherwise, results season's a little bit like I've got a picture of Neo dodging bullets on my banner today. That's what the results season is like. Dodging bullets. Fund managers go into results season not hoping for glory. They are hoping not to get blown up, not to stand on a landmine, and results is a danger dangerous time. Results season is the dangerous time. And every day they're looking at a list of stocks having results, which ones they hold and whether they've made money or lost money, whether they've been blown up or lucked out. Yesterday there was a bit of damage around. We had Lend-Lease down 15% on results, New Hope Coal down 11% on results, GPT down 2.5%, Blue Scope Steel down 2.5%, Cochlear was down 2.2%. We've written up Cochlear briefly in in the newsletter today. Biggest dividend in a decade. We hold it in the growth portfolio. They are overbought, a rare event. Share price is 327. The highest price is yesterday's 330 or day before yesterday's 339. They upgraded guidance two weeks ago and they are forecasting 10 to 15% growth in implant sales this year. That's up from high single digit guidance in August. Their services business also growing up 35%. Thanks to the launch of the Nucleus 8 product and revenue up 26%. Underlying profit was up 35%. Dividend was up 29%. This is what
what you want out of a stock you hold in a growth portfolio. Nothing dazzling but the share price performance. So very happy with Cochlear at the moment, still holding. Macmillan Shakespeare, we've had a bit of a win with results today, up 12.9%. But I've got an interesting chart in the newsletter. If you look at when they announce their earnings, they must have a very good investor relations department. But they spike regularly on results and then immediately come off again. Traders might look at selling it. We will have a look, see what the brokers say tomorrow. But spike and drop is the usual performance of Macmillan Shakespeare. I wonder whether we take advantage of the rise. It is overbought RSI of 78. Bodes well, of course, for the other fleet leasing companies such as SIQ. Sonic Healthcare had results today, so we've caught one bullet today. Sonic Healthcare is down 7.5% today on results. We have been talking about culling stocks from the income portfolio for some period of time. Why we haven't done that with Sonic Healthcare yet? The trend is horrible. We're down 20% on it. Profit is down 47%. And that's because, of course, they had a fabulous period in COVID. Outside of the drop-off in COVID revenues, they have generated 6% of organic growth, they tell us, pretty much in line with guidance. But results towards the lower end of the guidance range. Results aren't that bad, but we are thinking, depending on what the research says tomorrow, thinking of just selling it out of the income portfolio. It's been trending down for a couple of years now since the COVID boom. Other stocks we hold, Westpac's up 5.2% since its trading update yesterday. Most brokers now have the same recommendations they have on the CBA. The banks are up there. So we've got UBS with a sell recommendation today. Target price 22% below the current share price. Morgan Stanley underweight with a target price 16% below the current share price. Morgan's hold, Citigroup neutral. Ordminette and Accumulate with a target price 8% above the current share price. Macquarie with an outperform with a target price 3% below the current share price. Brokers have never really got the banks right. The banks are a hold for income and certainly there's nothing in the Westpac result that would put you off that idea. But all of them are looking a little bit toppy. We have the CBA with results, not results, after their results last week, going ex-dividend tomorrow morning, 215 cents, fully frank. So today's the last day you could buy the CBA and still collect the dividend, but I'm not sure you'd be doing that with the share price up where it is. The average broker target price on the CBA is 22% below the current share price. Morgan's downgraded to reduce after results. Macquarie underperformed. Citigroup sell. UBS sell. Morgan Stanley underweight. Audminette hold. Audminette must be asleep. But all those target prices well below the current share price. As we know, the CBA is the top quality income stock in Australia, if not the world. It has consistently outperformed the All Ordinaries Index over a long period of time. We'll probably continue to do so, but the share price is top of the trading range at the moment. But in order to pacify income investors, if you have a look at the chart in my section, I've put zero on the scale of the CBA, and you will realize this is not a volatile stock. If you did sell it now, it would only be with a view to buying it back below around $100. It's just in a trading range, but top of the trading range at the moment. Nothing wrong with the stock. But the results last week weren't impressive. The PE is right up there. So some of you might be looking to collect the dividend tomorrow and look to buy it back lower down. Assuming you haven't got some sort of capital gains tax issue. But CBA, ex-dividend tomorrow. Westpac up 5% 
since its update yesterday. ANZ down 3.5% on the Suncorp acquisition. There are still some hurdles for that. So plenty of action in the banks at the moment. And the ANZ share price fall will doubtless be seen as a buying opportunity by some. Loads of other results today. Hub 24 up 6%. Net Wealth up 4%. ARB Corporation up 10%. Bravura Solutions up 29% on results. That about covers it for our portfolios over results. A few other things going on. RBA Minutes today, as predicted, they've reiterated the recent messaging that inflation remains elevated and there is more work to be done. Hasn't moved the needle. By the way, on bond yields, I'll put the chart in tomorrow. I didn't put it in today. Too much else going on. But bond yields are still rising, which still suggests that we're probably on the right track with that call last week after the US CPI number that the market is going to top out. Yet to see the evidence of that, but yet to be right. But certainly there's a lot of thinking going on at the moment. Volatility's picked up a bit and that is often a sign of a market changing its mind. Anyway, we'll see. Still on the side of the ledger, which suggests this rally's run hard enough. One of the signposts, of course, this week will be the NVIDIA results. They are on, I think they're on Wednesday night, if I've got that right, but they'll come out in the US. They are, of course, the poster child for AI. There have been four brokers upgrading their target prices ahead of these results. If you look at the US research, 58 brokers have a buy recommendation, five a hold recommendation, and one with a sell recommendation. To say the expectations are high running into these results is a bit of an understatement. We're in that situation once again where results have to be fabulous to be good, good to be okay, okay to be bad, and bad results would be a disaster. Share price up 50% this year running into these results. They need to be good and they could undermine the whole market. Bank of America had their monthly survey out. They surveyed 249 fund managers that run 550, no, $656 billion and they survey them on all sorts of little tick boxes, how bullish they are, what they're invested in. And the survey has moved from predicting a global recession to a no landing probability. Cash holdings have been cut to 4.2% from 4.8%. Bank of America tell us if they drop below 4%, that's a clear sign that the market is too bullish and you need to be selling. The allocation to US equities is the highest in over two years at 21%. That seems to be a bit low but it tells you that these funds as a group are balanced, got lots of other asset classes. Weightings to the tech sector are the highest since August 2020 at 36%. And there we go. The Bank of America monthly survey is not the sort of thing that drives your decisions. It's one way to watch the herd. So the herd is all in big tech, positive about equities at the moment, not worrying about a recession. And that's what the survey tells you. It's not predictive. So it's not telling you that there's not going to be a recession and they should buy equities. All it is is painting a picture of what the herd is thinking at the moment, which is a very useful part of the investment you're thinking, which is to know what the consensus is. And from that point, you can start to spot when it changes. That's where the money's made is the changes in people's thinking. So this just tells you what people are thinking at the moment. In another piece of market buffoonery, Goldman Sachs have lifted their S&P 500 target from 5,100 to 5,200. I don't know why anyone bothers to report that. They were at 4,700 back in November last year when the market bottomed. And here they are, the market's run up 
however many hundred points. In fact, I can tell you it's run up from 4,100 to 5,000. So it's up 600 points and they are upping their target for the S&P 500 by 500 points over the same period. There is a thing called backcasting. It's the not the opposite of forecasting, but it is when a forecast is actually just keeping up with reality. And that's what this is. This is Goldman Sachs backcasting. The market's gone up 700 points, so they've upped their forecast for next year. It's not got any value as far as I can see, and it is all part of the typical market process, which is to keep the herd feeling happy, constantly spreading optimism so the herd feels comfortable, keeps buying, keeps paying its fees. And this is what market strategists, particularly of large investment banks, do. They keep everybody dumbed down and feeling comfortable. It's the job of the RBA as well. Make everyone feel confident. Confidence is a a very large part of share prices. So here we go. Goldman Sachs lifting their target price. Completely irrelevant to you other than to point out that this is what big brokers do. Keep all their clients happy. Tell them what they want to hear. Our game, of course, is to pick the turning points ourselves, not rely on any big brokers to pick them for us. They almost certainly won't. The new stock market markers today, stock market calendars in the newsletter every day now in the pre-market section. Have a look at that tells you all the results coming up our best guess at what results coming up because despite our best efforts to update it every day results still come out that weren't on the calendar or don't come out that were on the calendar anyway tomorrow expecting rio's full year results a nab trading update woolworth's results santos results wise tech dominoes corporate travel plenty of action coming up tomorrow we also have nvidia results in the us i think tomorrow night cba going ex-dividend IAG also ex-dividend and GQG, which Henry Holt ex-dividend, although that's three cents and it's 0% franc. The next day, we've got Fortescue Metals, amongst others, Mineral Resources, Pilbara, Qantas, JB Hi-Fi goes ex-dividend, Bramble's the main results on Friday. And then, of course, we go through till next Thursday. This week really is the big week, though. Results really back off next week, but they do go through till Thursday next week. Telstra's ex-dividend on Wednesday next week, 28th February. Telstra is down 1.6% since its recent results. Dividend is 9 cents. Right, a little bit of education. I'm going to carry on doing this education thing in the podcast just for the minute because I haven't got around to the videos. Always too busy. Right, from 6am to about 1pm, try and have something to eat. And now I've got to lift to do videos. So it's just not happening at the moment. But I have a question here from Nathan about options. Learning about options. Let me tell you about options. Options provide you gearing to share price moves. But there is one well understood amongst stockbrokers thing about options, which is although the theory is nice, the reality is not. The Australian options market is so thinly traded and there were some regulatory changes a few years ago which required brokers to retain large amounts of capital if they wanted to offer options trading to clients, particularly retail clients. And it became essentially unprofitable for brokers to have clients punting in the options market. So rather than buying BHP, you might think the results are going to be great. So you would go and buy yourself a put option over 
over BHP. The reality is that the spread you got when buying and selling negated a lot of the move and you had to be really right to make money in options in the short term or trading them as a proxy for shares. Then, of course, CFD market came along which provided you with that ability to take leverage bets on stocks and has rather killed the options market, it has to be said. The only people that really use the options market these days are some of the institutions and wealthy clients writing call options. In other words, giving someone else the right to buy their shares, writing call options over large holdings in big stocks in order to earn a little bit of extra income, not not dividend income. You get paid for writing for offering to sell someone your shares and you write out of the money call options and if the share price goes up there you might have to sell your shares or you might just buy some more shares to cover the options anyway I'm losing you already point being the only people that really use the options market or in my day were using the options market were wealthy clients who would constantly write calls against large shareholdings particularly on the big stocks like the banks write call options take in a little bit of premium income and in when you're dealing with large amounts of or large holdings in bank shares it was a material income or extra income for those shareholders and the people that were punting the directional move of a stock using put or call options basically got ripped up on the spread or ripped up on the time value and the whole options market got superseded by those lovely people in the CFD market market contracts for difference market with their platforms, which in my humble opinion, I would never trade on because most of the time you are putting money into their bank accounts in order to trade and you only ever hold a beneficial interest in the shares that has very little integrity if the CFD provider ever had a financial wobble. Anyway, as a retail investor, I would say to you, don't bother with the options market. There are alternatives to getting leveraged bets on stocks if that's what you're looking to do and the only people that would use the options market are those writing calls and even they are probably struggling at this point I'm uh, probably a few years out of date but even they are probably struggling for liquidity these days I may be wrong so whilst there used to be a whole load of interest and there was some value in getting educated about options in the options market not so much anymore I would take you a very large bet Marcus will never do in an option again in his life. Call me blinkered. Right, there we go. That's about that. As I leave you market up four, soundly asleep ahead of the Wall Street session tonight. Dow futures are down 55 at the moment. Notable performers today, Suncorp up 6%, QBE up 3%, Westpac up 2.5%, Goodman Group up 2.1%. Some of the stocks we hold doing rather nicely. REA as well up 1.7%. Stocks going down worst in the top 50, Sonic Healthcare, which we hold and we're probably going to sell. ANZ down 3.4%. Wes Farmers, by the way, ex-dividend 91 cents today. Computer share also ex-dividend, as is Challenger, which we hold, and MFG, which we hold. Before I forget, one of the directors of ProMedicus, which we hold, and it dropped 20% after its results, up 5.5% today. One of the directors has bought shares. Most of the lithium rare earth stocks down today. Star Entertainment down 20%, risk of losing their license in the next six months yet again. Sims Group down 
down 8% on results. Coronado Global Coal Stock down 6% on results. Lion Town Resources down 6%. Ansel down 3.7% on results. ARB up 11% on results. RWC Reliance Worldwide up 9% on results. Hub up 7% on results. NetWealth up 4% on results. Bravura up 27% on results. Macmillan Shakespeare up 15% on results. That was a risky stock for us to hold into results. It has gone well. Thank you very much. KMD Brands, I think that's the lowest price ever, is it? Down 9.5% on results. And Baby Bunting down 11% on results. That will probably do you reading out results. How boring. Market up three. Looks like we're going to have to wait for tomorrow for a bit more excitement. You have a good day. (laughs) 